Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Benchwarmers Anonymous. Uh, sorry for getting it out to you later this week, but we had some scheduling difficulties come up, and uh, well, just to speak on that, I'm the only one recording this week, so flying solo. So if you listen to 30 minutes of me talking straight, then I really do appreciate you. So with that being said, figure go ahead and get into it. Um, today we're going to talk about some draft reactions. Aaron Rodgers potentially being on the move at some time, as well as a little bit of NBA, specifically the play-in game, whether for or against it, and just go from there. So uh, I know we're getting it to you late. It's been about a week, but the draft is still a big story. Uh, we had our preview episode, mock drafts, last week, and um, I haven't I can't remember exactly how everyone did on their mock drafts, but I thought I did pretty good overall. Um, thought the draft was really entertaining. I actually stayed up and watched the whole first round for, I think, the first time ever, actually. Um, just really good time. Me and my roommates went out um, and watched, watched it at a restaurant and then came back and watched the end. And it was just really interesting. I liked the chair, Roger Goodell's chair. I thought that was pretty funny. Don't really understand the point of it, but it was just another added thing to have people come sit up on it. But talking about the players, um, I think the main surprise for me was Justin Fields, um, the Bears trading up for him. And um, I think that was a deal that I didn't see coming at all. I figured, yeah, I just did not expect it to happen. Um, So I think the Bears got a really, really good player for the future. Um, Their coaches came out. I think it was their GM, actually. He came out and said that they're not going to rush putting Fields onto the field. And I think that's pretty smart. You don't want to ruin him before giving him a chance. You need to have him sit a year behind Andy Dalton, Red Rifle, and just let him learn a little bit. Um, I mean, he's a good prospect, but he's a prospect right now. He's not going to come in and win you Super Bowls year one, in my opinion, even though their defense is still very, very good with Khalil Mack. Um, so I think the Bears, not this year, but I think maybe 2022, they might really start to reap the benefits of drafting Justin Fields. I think that was a good move for them to make moving up their GM. He's probably on the hot seat. I think he probably just saved his job or at very least um, saved himself from getting fired for a little while. So uh, hopefully that'll continue to be good for him. And that marriage between Fields and the Bears will be a good one. Um, talk about the Panthers. Have to because it's my favorite team. I really like the J.C. Horn pick. I'm a South Carolina fan as well, so I'm biased, but I thought that when you look at his stats against other top receivers in the SEC last year, he was, I mean, he pretty much locked them down in their matchups with Alabama, their three-headed monster at receivers, whoever he was lined up against. He held him him pretty quiet, and then the year before, whenever he had played, uh, uh, what's his name, Jerry Judy, who was at Alabama, and then just the other couple big receivers in the SEC really he really locked them down and I think that offensive line was a position I wish the Panthers could have got Panay Sewell but I'm definitely happy with them getting JC Horn I think he's going to be special um his dad was in the NFL he's actually a receiver so I think that's a pretty good dynamic to have your dad who is a professional receiver telling you maybe like certain tricks of the trade that receivers use and then using that and putting that into your tool bag as a cornerback and being able to implement that. So I think that'll be a good fit for Carolina. 
Um, another draft, uh, I guess, nugget that was interesting was the Trey Lance going number three. That one was, I was surprised. Um, I think I mocked him at three, but still I was, I thought it was either 50-50 that it could end up being Mac Jones. I think that Trey Lance will be a good fit for the 49ers, although it'll probably be a couple year or a year until he's ready to go in. They've got Jimmy G. I know some people are saying that Jimmy G might be traded, but I personally think that if you've got him, you play him this year, let Lance sit and learn. And if Jimmy G gets hurt, you've got Lance. But if not, then just keep playing Jimmy G and then maybe you can trade him for a second, third round pick next year. So I think the 49ers are set up pretty well this year, but also set up well for the future. Um, I like the, I saw a story that Jimmy G was the first um, player or he texted Lance. He's the first person in the 49ers organization to text Lance after he was drafted, obviously other than the guys who drafted him. (laughs) But um, so I thought that just spoke to the leadership qualities of Garoppolo and just that he was willing to reach out and congratulate somebody for who might well most likely will be taking his job soon um so I thought that was nice to see sticking with the quarterbacks I thought Mac Jones going to the Patriots I think that's just a really really good fit I mean they've got Cam Newton this year and I I project I think that Cam will start this year um at least at the beginning of the season I think that I don't personally think he's going, he has much left in the tank, but I think that the Patriots are thinking that he has much left in the tank. They got him on a one-year deal, so just see what he can do, and you've got Mac Jones, who many, a lot of people said that he was kind of the lowest floor, or uh, highest floor, lowest ceiling guy, so he's kind of the safest option out of those quarterback prospects this year, so I think that having him gives the Patriots some more options to work with and he's I mean he's just a completely different quarterback than Cam Newton he's not really that mobile at all where Cam that's about half his game just being able to run with his legs although he has gotten older and doesn't do that as much he still relies on that to a good degree so I think that uh, Mac Jones for their offensive coordinator I believe it's Josh McDaniel still I think that Jones just gives them another option to potentially use in their quarterback room um I mean they probably need to make a decision soon on who's going to start because if I'm if I've got Cam Newton in one hand and Mac Jones in the other I know I personally would have completely different offenses trying to utilize their skill sets to the best um ability but yeah I I feel like they'll start with Cam but unless he gets hurt yeah I think he'll just be the quarterback this year and then maybe Mac Jones will come in next year after a full offseason and be ready to roll. So interesting thing to monitor in New England. A lot of people have compared Mac Jones to Tom Brady to a certain degree. I personally don't think he will win however many eight titles and just play till he's 45, but I do see a little bit of the similar similarities as well. So we'll see. Um, just, yeah, hopefully he'll end up doing good for them. I think another um, topic or similar thing takeaway from the draft is just the ta- how how talented and how deep Alabama is. They're pretty much a NFL factory that you have. I mean, looking back last year, you had Tua get drafted to the Dolphins in the first round. You had Jalen Hurts. I can't remember which round he was. In. I think he was in the second. 
go to the Eagles, and he's their starter now. And now you've got Mac Jones, who's going to be playing for the Patriots sometime soon. And then you've got Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, who got drafted in the top 10 this year. And then even last year, you had Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs get drafted. And those are it's a lot of skill position players and quarterbacks getting drafted. And they also had a lineman, I think, this year, um, their center. He went either late first, early second, and just other players. There's just so many. It seems like half the first-round picks always end up being Alabama. And, I mean, I can't say I blame them. They've, they put in the uh, work in school. They usually sit behind um, future NFL players. So I think that helps them build up their experience and learn from other greats. Like that, that wide receiver room in Alabama was probably probably really fun to be around and listen to them and just the competitiveness that brings out the best in you as a competitor if you've got other guys on your team who are who want to be great and I think that they definitely want to be great I think Najee Harris running back for Alabama he got drafted this first round I think he's going to be a really good running back Um, I think better than Travis Etienne I think he's just the athletic ability you saw him a hurdle in everybody last year and just all the touchdowns he scored. I think he's going to be really good for the Steelers. I thought that was a good pickup. Um, speaking of ETN, I thought that was a move that kind of surprised me personally. Uh, they had James Robinson last year who was undrafted uh, running back. They signed him, and he broke rec- all sorts of records for undrafted players at the running back position. And then you go out and you spend a, a first-round pick on another running back, which – they still have a lot of holes left on their roster, and I get that they, he already has a rapport with Trevor Lawrence, but I still I just kind of scratch my head at that move. Um, I mean, Urban Meyer, hopefully he knows what he's doing. All I do want to say, though, is Trevor Lawrence better watch out because y'all saw Tim Tebow, who was working out as a tight end for um, Urban Meyer, but I think that they said he was working out as a tight end, but really he's coming for that quarterback spot, and Nobody's going to beat Tebow out. I think one of the best competitors um, in sports that I've seen. That's a joke, of course, but I do. I did think that was interesting to see that he might be coming back to the NFL. Hopefully he does. I like Tim Tebow. He's a great guy, good player as well. Um, so hopefully that will work out for him. But, um, yeah, I thought the draft overall was really interesting. Like I said, I watched the whole first round, bits and pieces of the second round, and about none of the third from third on round just I mean I didn't know half the guys so I didn't really feel like watching it all I just like seeing who the Panthers picked up I thought speaking of the Panthers I thought they had a really good draft besides the uh, JC Horn as well there was a lot of athletes they took and I think that the speed and the athletic ability is really important and um, really necessary in today's game. I think they got some good pickups, got an offensive lineman, got a backup running back for McCaffrey, got another cornerback as well. I think they're just stocking up on some good players. Um, They got a player from Alabama in, I think it was third or fourth round, who hasn't allowed a sack. And um, so I think, I don't know, I think they've had a really good draft. Um, I think the Giants, they kind of got screwed by uh, the Eagles and Cowboys I thought that was an interesting trade, the Eagles trading up with the Cowboys to pick Devontae Smith, and that in turn caused the Giants to trade down because it was pretty well known that the Giants wanted Devontae Smith pretty bad. So 
fun fact that was the the Giants GM's first time ever trading back in a draft. He was a the Panthers GM prior to that, and he's a really good scout, but he never traded back. So I thought that was interesting to see him going against his norms of being a GM and trade back, and they ended up getting Kadarius Tony from Florida, who I think he's going to be pretty good, but you got to think that they were going to take Devontae Smith at that, I, think, I believe they were at the 12th spot but um, until Philadelphia leapfrogged them. But I think Philadelphia, they, I think Devontae Smith, he landed in a good spot. He's played with Hurts before in Alabama, at Alabama. I think that they're going to be a good combination. I'm not completely sold on Hurts as a starting quarterback. Um, I think there's definitely some flaws in his game, but... I think that having Devontae Smith will help him minimize those flaws and just give the Eagles offense another weapon, something that they haven't had a really dominant receiver in a long time. Even when Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson were there, I think those were the last two that were really stood out to me just as a fan remembering going against them. So hopefully Devontae Smith will be good with them for the future. So with I think I'll close the topic of the draft with that but the main headline from draft day was Aaron Rodgers I think I believe it was Adam Schefter he tweeted out that um, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay to some degree said he will not play for Green Bay next year he wants the GM fired he wants all this stuff Um, so I think this is something everybody's really seen coming we've seen the rumblings for a while he wanted a new contract uh, they drafted a running or not a running back, a quarterback last year in the first round. Um, they cut a receiver who Aaron Rodgers praised highly of. They've been doing these things to go against what many think Aaron Rodgers would want for a while now. But I will, I would like to add, they do have an All-Pro tackle. They have a really good running back. In my opinion, they have the second-best receiver in the league. They have a productive tight end. They. He's got weapons at his disposal. They've got a young coach who seems motivated to win. Um, In my opinion, I don't really see Aaron's argument for wanting... I see, to a degree, his argument for being upset, but I don't think he deserves the right to say that he wants out and he's not playing again. I think they've done a lot of stuff to surround him. Um, Yeah, drafting a quarterback last year was not probably the smartest move but I mean when you're a GM you're not planning for just the current year you're planning for the future and I mean Aaron Rodgers is getting older he prior to last year he was kind of slowing down um and I mean he's been there this is his 16th or last year is his 16th season so he's been there a while I don't really blame them for taking a quarterback I don't think they should have taken one in the first round although but um and then this this year they drafted a cornerback which I think is smart Last year, watching their NFC title game against the Buccaneers, they had Kevin King out. I think it was Kevin King. He got burnt like three times and cost them the game. And as a former cornerback who would get burnt occasionally, uh, it's I mean, you just can't win if you're getting burnt on the edge and just giving up easy touchdowns like that. So I think that was smart for them to address cornerback with a Stokes from Georgia. He's a really fast guy. I don't know much film on him at all, but um, yeah, he's just really athletic, fast guy. Also, speaking of cornerbacks, I do want to shout out uh, Caleb Farley. 
Catawba County native, got drafted to the Titans. Um, I meant to say that earlier, but just congrats to him going up against him in high school and just seeing the freak athlete that he was. And um, it's pretty cool to see him living out his dream now, getting drafted to the Titans and hopefully can have a long, productive career in the NFL. So with that being said, back to Aaron Rodgers, I just think that I personally think the Packers are going to hold on to him anyway. They don't really have any reason to trade him right now. Um, He just is coming off an MVP season. So I don't really understand why they'd want to trade him. And I'm pretty sure they feel the same way. I mean, he can complain all he wants, but at the end of the day, he signed a contract to that team and he's kind of locked into that contract for this next year. So with that being said, I think that he's the best thing to do for him would just be to report to camp and just try to make amends with uh, the front office and just work out, work these things out. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with that this past or this upcoming off season and season to see if it carries on into training camp OTAs whatever so before the Deshaun Watson all the allegations and stuff he was kind of the big name quarterback that might be on the move now it's Aaron Rodgers and I think it'll be interesting just to monitor that but personally I don't see anything happening with with that situation anytime soon at least maybe down the road at some point they trade him for a couple first round picks or something but I don't know I saw I heard heard some idea that Russell West or not Russell (laughs) Russell Wilson was upset in Seattle and there was an idea to just flip them flip Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson obviously he'd probably throw a pick in there for Wilson because he's a lot younger but I think that was an interesting idea I don't think it would ever happen but just saying all right you two are upset in these environments let's just switch you go from living in green bay to living in seattle honestly i'm not sure which one would be worse i think both of them are pretty crappy places to live a lot of cold weather i'd probably pick uh green bay just because i like cheese but um i know that the seattle is really rainy as well so i don't know that'd be an interesting poll just to see which place would be worse to live in but yeah i thought that was interesting just seeing that idea floated around so with that being said, um, go ahead and shift to the NBA. So in the last, I believe it's the last week of games now, and we've got um, in the West Western Conference as of Friday, May, I believe this is the 7th, the Lakers and Blazers are tied for the 6th and 7th seed. So this year they implemented the play-in game. The 7 through 10 seeds will play I believe the seven and the eight teams, seven and the eight seats play a game. The winner of that game goes to the real playoffs, and the loser of that game goes to play the nine and ten seed, and the winner of that game plays or goes to the playoffs. So right now it's looking like it's going to be the Lakers, the way they've been dropping. And recently LeBron James came out and criticized uh, the playing game, among many things. He's very... A lot of criticism's been coming out from him lately, but he criticized the way the play-in game was set up, and I just thought that was pretty funny to me because he wasn't really... He didn't say anything about it until they got into that seven spot. Um, I mean, it's one thing to look at the play-in game from the top of the standings, but then when you get to it, you kind of see your season kind of coming down, and depending on one game, or, well, two games, 
if you're in the eight, seven or eight seed and just kind of, um, just understanding the importance of that one game. So I think that was pretty, uh, just, I don't know. I just don't think he should have went against it. Just, it was a bad look for him just with his team coming down the standings when last year in the bubble, he was all for the playing game when they were at the top of the standings. So I think that you got to look at it from both angles, LeBron. I'm sure you're listening to this and if you just want my advice. I'd say that if you didn't want to be in the playing game, then probably should have managed the season better. And um, it's, now is not the time to be complaining about it. Um, but I think I am all for the playing game. I think that it's a really good wrinkle to the season. It promotes less tanking and it promotes more interest from the fans. I'm sure a lot of fans are going to tune into the playing games, especially if it's got somebody like LeBron and the Lakers playing Steph Curry and the Warriors or the Pelicans or Ja Morant and the um, Grizzlies just these marquee matchups kind of at the bottom of the standings um, in the Eastern Conference. The, I feel like my Hornets are going to be in there. They've just really – they were doing really good, and the injury bug just destroyed them. And um, it's a shame just they don't have – I don't see them making it far just considering they all – they haven't had a healthy team in over a month now. But when they were healthy, they were fourth in the East. So I think I've kind of shifted my focus to next year for them. But um, in that – play-in game potentially is the Heat, the Celtics, the Hornets, and then probably the Wizards. And I think the Wizards are a really dangerous team. They're a team that I personally wouldn't want to face in the playoffs. I think that if you get them on a good night, Russell Westbrook will be throwing 40-point, uh, 20-assist, 10 rebounds, or just insane stat lines like that. And then you've got Bradley Beal, who's, I think, one of the best scorers in the league today. So I think that's a team that is really, really dangerous, and I would not want to face them if I were, say, the Boston Celtics or the Hornets or Heat or whoever, the Pacers potentially, whoever's in that spot. So I think that the um, Wizards, they're just a team, they're not going to make a far run at all. They probably won't make any run in the real playoffs, but I could see them upsetting a 7 or 8 seed in the play-in game and sneaking into that 8 seed in the playoffs, which I think would be good for them, The how awful they started the season with COVID and everything and having a bunch of games postponed. So um, I think that'll be interesting to keep a look and tab on. I, um, LeBron, I just I really see the Lakers falling into that seventh seed and having to play uh, the Warriors. I think that'll be a really good game too. You're going to have, hopefully LeBron will be healthy by then as well as Davis and then going up against Steph Curry with the Warriors on his back and I think just what Curry's been doing the past month or so has just been absolutely insane, just seeing him uh, literally just put the Warriors on his back at times. I mean, dropping 50 points, 40 points, whatever, 30 points at least, and just on the amount of just watching him play. Obviously, his stat lines are insane, but you don't really, or I don't really get the full experience looking at the stats. You've got to watch the high degree of difficulty shots he hits these uh, coming off screens not even has his feet looking set at the basket and just throwing up threes and hitting nothing but net it's just it's crazy um just to see his abilities still as he's on the other side of 30 I mean he's not slowing down at all if anything he's playing at or at a near level of what he was doing that 2015 I think it was 2015 season where he was MVP and shot 90 or no, 50, 40, 90 from the field. So 
I think that putting him in a playing game, I don't think anybody would want to face them. I know I wouldn't if I were the Lakers. And also if the Pelicans can sneak in there, I think that's another team that nobody would really want to face. They've got Zion, they've got Brandon Ingram, Steven Adams is a big guy down low who can take up a lot of space, just built like a rock. Um, that's a team that if I were the Lakers, I wouldn't want to play because they have that size that you can that can kind of match. They've got Lonzo Ball on the wing to defend, and he's actually been playing pretty well, shooting the ball well lately. Is um, so I think that's a team that just I mean, there's a lot of dangerous teams in the West, and then when you look at the um, standings, the Suns are the second seed. So if the Lakers were to get the seventh seed and get through the playing game, they'd be playing the Suns. And I think that's just an awful, that's awful matchup for the Suns because they have no big men. They have Frank Kaminsky, who, after watching him for years in Charlotte, just is painful. And uh, I think that the Lakers, if they're healthy, they could, I think they could probably beat Phoenix pretty early. I know Corbin picked them to go to the finals, but I just don't see them getting past the Lakers and their size with Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond. Although Chris Paul, he seems a lot on a whole nother level this year, as well as Devin Booker. I think they're a great team. They'll definitely win the guard matchup against the Lakers, but I just don't see uh, the Lakers getting out in the first round period, um, unless maybe they're playing the Clippers. I think the Clippers are, they're kind of in the same position as the Lakers with missing a lot of players, but they've held it together. Um, I mean, it seems like every night they're on TV. If I'm switching through channels and I see them, they have, they're missing either one of or both uh, Kawhi and Paul George. So I think it really just depends this year on who's healthy and who's peaking. And it's kind of just hard to tell who's peaking. It seems like the Jazz, they peaked early and they're, they're still playing good, but definitely not to the degree and level that they were now. I think the Suns, they're hitting their stride at the right time. But like I said, if they have to end up playing the Lakers in the first round, I, I can see that being an early exit for them. And um, in the East, the Bucks are really coming on as well. The Nets, you just never know who's going to be out there. So I'm not completely sold on the Nets. I think the 76ers, they've got the number one seed all but locked up. And I'm sticking with my pick for them going to the finals as well with and going against the Clippers. I think that's a team with Joel Embiid who he's just when he's been playing this year he's been near unstoppable certain nights and same thing with Jokic too I like the that we're shifting back to these dominant big men where you still have all the 30 plus threes getting jacked up a game but you also have these dominant big men who can just take you to town in the post and create for their other teammates and just the um, multi-dimensions of their game is just really nice to see and just to um, watch them go to work in different ways than usual. So I think that the playoffs are going to be really interesting. There's a whole bunch of different storylines that can um, happen during the playoffs. Um, I just really want to see the Lakers and how they finish up. I think they're the biggest question mark. And if they're at full strength, no matter what seed they're at, I think it's just going to be hard to beat them. Um, But I just, I don't think they're going to be fully healthy. I think that's the season's been rough on them and the Heat having such a small um, window for re- recovery after the bubble last year. And I think that it's a shame but I, for LeBron and his legacy or whatever. But I, I just don't think that as the older he gets, his as, lo- as long as I know he wants to play forever, but 
just older he gets, the more his body is going to start to uh, fall apart on him. Not saying that I think he's going to retire anytime soon, and he's still a great player, but he's just going to start missing more games, and that's been pretty evident this year. So with that being said, I'm go ahead and wrap it all up. Um, I appreciate those of you who listened to me ramble for the last half hour, and um, next week Corbin should be back, and we can get back to the me and him combination. I was just thinking we haven't really had that in a while. We've had either guest or one of us has been missing. So, um, yeah, just continue to listen. Follow us on Instagram, Benchwarmers Anonymous. Shoot us an email. We've got a couple DMs of questions and stuff that we are going to answer. It's just we've had um, different scheduling stuff come up. Had the draft preview last week, but we are going to get to them. And uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, This has been Eli, another Average Joe, bringing you some sports news. And have a great weekend.